0: like to be thankful as we look at those times in our life where God has just blessed us just plain out blessed us so we're going to look at that and I think that a lot of times we have a, a fresh start you know the uh, last Friday uh, just a few days ago I got a chance to spend some time with the Lord and just ask him uh, what his thoughts were on various things and we were just talking and, and so I try uh, when I feel like I'm um, I'm hearing from the Lord, I I try and take dictation um, and write down what I'm hearing. And so um, on Friday, I felt like God said this, new days were my invention. I knew you would need to put the past in the past and regroup your thoughts and hearts to engage in a fresh start. I knew you would need a break. I knew you would need fresh dreams and encounters with me. So assign significant value to the beginning of each new day. Then seek me. Engage your heart and mind freshly as you listen for my voice. Many times I test you. To see if you are giving me your undivided focus and attention. Will you run into my presence expecting for a quick wisdom drop so you can get about your day? Or will you humbly and expectantly come in reverence to me for who I am and patiently wait on me? Trust my methods. I am God. Show reverence. Be humble. Display love toward me and the respect due my name. For I love you and have great plans that involve you. That's not just for me. That's for you. If you want a formula or system to start you on a path of success, I just gave it to you. And so I felt like Friday as I was interacting with God and He was giving me those thoughts, uh, that fresh starts, there's something special about a fresh start. And so I'm not talking to you at the beginning of a new year, I'm talking to you at Thanksgiving. At a time when we can stop and we can reflect upon the goodness of God, that He has deposited into our hearts and into our lives. I'm talking so that in the... um, In all the stuff of life, we can arrest ourselves, and we can seek to hear what God has to say. And so I believe this Thanksgiving week can be your fresh start. Let's pray. Well, Father God, here we are. We are gathered together as your body here at Freedom Fellowship. And Lord, we want to hear your voice. We want to revere your name. We want to show you the honor due your name. We want to focus in on what your word has to say, oh God. We want to set aside the things that concern us and pick up what you say we should be thankful for. And of course, you're right. God, I ask that as we share your word today, oh Lord, And we see what your son, the Apostle Paul, had to say in the book of Romans about these people he was incredibly grateful for. God, I pray we, in a like manner, can stop and arrest our focus and focus on the things that you want us to, to change our perspective. That your ways and your words and your methods are far superior to us figuring things out. And so we bless you in the name of Jesus. And we ask, oh God, that you will not just help us be reflective and thankful for what is behind, but thankful for the victories that are about to erupt in our face and in our life. God, I thank you that life isn't just about the past but it's about tomorrow and that we can thank you ahead of time and so we do that today in jesus name amen you know most thanksgiving we uh we talk at least in the united states since that's where thanksgiving came from um we talk about our historical background and many of you know some of these facts that i'm going to share Uh, But they are worth repeating. And so I want to just share with you. Thanksgiving, you know, many times started when those first pilgrims came to the United States. And they landed in in Massachusetts on December 26th of 1620. And they lacked sufficient provisions and shelter for what they were about to experience. Ten... Of the 17 husbands and fathers, died soon. Of the 17 wives, only three were left alive after three months. By April, half the population had died of disease or famine. Other bad events happened, like William Bradford was getting off the boat with his wife, and she drowned. And he was left widowed with a one-year-old son. Summer came and it was better. The local Indians taught them how to farm in the rocky soil and how to hunt in this new place. And the hardships weren't just over that year, but they got a little better as they began to figure out their new life. And they celebrated that first Thanksgiving in the fall. And what kept them going was not determination. It was not hard work. It was not developing a callous approach to all their troubles. What kept them going was a grateful heart toward God. The hardships didn't harden them. Their hearts stayed soft toward God. And I would say to me, That's one of the greatest things I can tell you that I'm learning. I'm always learning. One of the greatest things I'm learning is no matter what comes my way, keep my heart soft toward God. Keep it soft and pliable so that he can deposit something in it, a new perspective, a new thought, a new methodology. Keep it soft to him. So today our main focus is going to be on the Apostle Paul and... um, What he wrote in the book of Romans. Probably that's the greatest book in the Bible about if you want to complete what does the story of life look like. At least my view on that is. Uh, Chapter 16, the last chapter. um, He really pours out his heart about the people in his life. And I'm guessing you've never heard a sermon on chapter 16. And you'll know why when we start reading it. Because it's a bunch of names that you can't pronounce. And I'm going to give it a shot. But uh, at any rate, he was very thankful for some people in his life. So let's turn to Romans chapter 16 and look in verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Censoria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people, and give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. First person he asks this Roman, where he's sending this letter ahead of him getting there, is that they would receive this deacon, this member of the government of God of the church, this woman who has done incredible things and helped, and he asks that you would receive her in a a way worthy Of the fact that she's one of his. And so I would say that we as a church. We need to receive one another. Certainly the people that are leading you. um, As God would have you. But in a way that is worthy of the fact. That they're one of God's kids. Each of you are one of God's kids. Each of you who have called Jesus your Lord and Savior. Are one of God's adopted children. And so because of that. We should honor one another in a way worthy of that great blessing that he has bestowed upon you and upon us. And this lady was a benefactor. That basically uh, has uh, uh, financial implications, but I, I want to expand it beyond financial. A benefactor is somebody who kind of financially enables another person to do something. Maybe uh, to, to paint a great painting or a great sculpture Um, or whatever so in this particular case she uh, helped fund Paul's ministry and there are people among you that you're sitting right next to that are part of enabling others to be able to do all that God has placed on their heart they have been benefactors they have been enablers who have helped people And so they're worthy of your honor. They're worthy of you helping them. And Paul's asking these Roman people, he's sending this letter in advance, and he's saying, will you help her? Because she's been so good in advancing God's kingdom. Would you help her? And so part of being thankful is to also enable, enable others to get ahead. And as I look around the room, I see lots of people that enable. I see Linda. She enables us as a church. To move forward. She enables that happening. I see Christine, who's involved in the food pantry. She enables us to serve other people. And so many of other ones do. And so we have enablers, if you will. Verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. You know, there are people that you work alongside that make things happen. There are co workers that do things. Luke's standing up there. Is that you standing up so we'd say hi to you? Luke, who is young, was playing on the drums. He enabled us, he was a co worker. Thank you for doing that. He, he's a co laborer with the other worship team members who are trying to bring us before the King of Kings. How cool is that? Patrick, wave at us, Patrick. He doesn't like to be acknowledged like this. Patrick has been um, working for several years in the kids' ministry, and now he's shifting his focus more toward the Spanish ministry that occurs in in this church. Thank you so much for co-laboring with us Thank you so much for going to Guatemala. (laughs) Bill and Christy Seals. Bill makes this place shine around here. He takes care of the whole yard area and it's incredible what you do. It really is, thank you. Christy, she like makes everybody feel happy when they walk in the door. Thank you so much for greeting us. You know, so many co-laborers in this church as I look around. Malia, you did it today. Thank you for being at the front door. So, so many co-laborers in Christ. And then in verse 4 it said, These two particular people, Priscilla and Aquila, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches and Gentiles are grateful to them. You know, we don't have the scriptural... Um, where we can go to another book of the Bible and find out well, where did they risk their lives. But obviously, Paul said they risked their lives for him, that he could go ahead. Now, maybe you haven't risked your life for the person sitting next to you, but maybe you sacrificed something to enable them to do something in the Lord. Maybe you gave to them so that they could go to the band of brothers Maybe you gave to them so that you could go to the ladies event, the Flourish event that uh, Network of Related Pastors puts on. And we encourage our ladies to go to that and get really filled up with God's Holy Spirit. So you gave to somebody. Maybe you gave so that one of these youth could go to youth camp. You've enabled. You've been a benefactor. you sacrificed. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Remember, the church started in Jerusalem. It basically was focused around Jewish people. And then as God began to open this incredible mystery, his gospel was not just for the Jews, but for those who were non-Jews, which is the fancy word, Gentiles. And so... All these other people that were always excluded from the grace and promises of God were now included. And Paul's thanking Priscilla and Aquila that you made it possible for these Gentile churches to figure out and to walk in the goodness of God. Verse 5, greet also the church that meets in their home. Some of you have opened your homes for small groups. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Many of you have have invested by, you know, it's never easy to open your home up for a small group. Because that means, you know, you got to stop what you're doing and clean up your house. I mean, to me, at our house, I just think it always looks clean, so what's the big deal? But my wife says, no, you need to do this and this and this. And I get this laundry list of things to do to prepare for you to come over. And that happens in other homes around here. You know, it just, they see things different than us guys see things. Don't quite get that. But to stay married 44 years, you do what you're told. So uh, (laughs) at any rate, I can just say thank you for all you who open your home and allow small groups to happen in your home. Greet the rest of verse 5. Greet my dear friend Epinitus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. You know, when you're new in Christ, you're kind of a little freaked out. You don't know what to do, where to do, how to do. And, and having somebody come along and encourage you in your newness in Jesus, is really important. Some of you are either new to this church or new to Jesus. And we want you to feel welcome. We want, we want to tell you, we are thankful that you're here. We are grateful that you're here. We're grateful that we can do life together. We're beginning to do life together. We're grateful that we can help one another. We're grateful that we can walk together in serving our amazing Lord. I mean, it's so exciting. When you see new faces around here, isn't it exciting? Isn't it exciting? Yeah yeah it is it's a thrill it's a thrill to see what god is doing and we get to be a part of it and so i love that part and that's what he's trying to focus in here verse 6 greet mary who worked very hard for you and i could go back to that other verse where it was talking about sacrifice but i, I tell you what there's some people that work very hard around here you know Angela works very hard with Sheila on really the, a lot of the, the worship that happens here. Pastor Adam, Stephen, um, these are leaders that um, enable you to engage with God in worship. I mean, they work very hard, and I'm so grateful for them. Thank you for today. Today was a blast. I mean, it's an opportunity for us to work hard together and see what God wants to do. John and Faith, they, they have the opportunity of gathering our, some of our young adults together in their home and asking, and, and creating an environment where it's a, um, a free place that you can just talk and ask questions and learn and fellowship and laugh and even cry together. Not that anybody has ever cried when they were a young adult, you know, but um, we're trying to figure life out at that time. Verse seven, greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Now, I don't know how many of you were in prison with each other here. I won't go there right now. But obviously, there's a camaraderie that happens when you're in prison together. And I'll say there's a camaraderie when you do anything together. You know, there's a camaraderie if you work together. There's a camaraderie if you go to school together. There's a camaraderie if you're on a an athletic team together. There's a camaraderie if you're on a ballet group or team or whatever they call that together. There is a camaraderie. There is... There's a, a, the people that work together in the food pantry. They love it on Thursday. They have a blast together. And they all laugh and they work hard. And I don't know if you realize this, but every Thursday we get somewhere between, um, and you can correct me on this, Miss Brenda, but I think three and five tons of food. And they unload it. And they package it. And they put it together. And it's a lot of food that we get a privilege of serving between 100 and 150, 70 families every week. What a privilege! What an honor! What a lot of work! And and the team though they laugh, they enjoy it. They they feel like they're part of something together. A lot of uh, theologians, um, you know, wonder on this particular. Um, verse here it says uh, they are outstanding among the apostles does that mean the apostles uh, uh, viewed them as outstanding or does that mean they were apostles and in case you didn't know you know in in uh, Ephesians 4 where it talks about the church being loaded with apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists what we call the fivefold these people actually exist and God brings them about in life. Not just the 12 apostles. There were many apostles throughout the New Testament. And throughout today. People that are sent by the Lord to other places and helping. Verse 8. Greet Amphilitus, my dear friend in the Lord. I think as we walk in relationship with one another, we become friends. You may just be uh, acquaintance right now with some of the people here in this building. But you will become friends. You will become friends that you walk with in Christ. You will become something more than just an acquaintance. And I think that that's one of the exciting things that we have at Freedom Fellowship. Is we have a, a fellowship, a friendship, a connection that goes far beyond we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Far beyond. So I would just say that it's, it's, a, it's a, an opportunity to bless one another for their friendship. Just thank you for being my friend. This should make a song like that. Greet Banus," verse 9. Our coworker in Christ and my dear friend c Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. You know, some of you have stood the test of friendship, as far as acquaintance versus a friend. Some of you have stood the test with each other, because not at all times do things go right. And friendships get tested. Friendships get tested. Either somebody said something wrong and they have to go back and apologize. That's a test. Are we going to forgive like Jesus forgave us? Um, Somebody didn't follow through with something they said they were going to do. That's a test. Will your friendship endure that? And Paul is saying that that, that this stood the test Their faithfulness, their focus on what Christ has called them to do, stood the test. And I would say, as I look around this room, I see a lot of people that have stood the test. You're still here. You're still standing. You're still walking with the Lord. You're still pursuing Him. You're still following Him with everything you have. That's standing the test. And that ability to stand the test is the, the, um, is the sign of, is your faith valid? Can you forgive somebody like you are forgiven? That's the test. That's one of the tests. And that happens in friendships, and it happens when we co-labor in Christ. And can you celebrate with another person instead of, in a competitive way, think, oh, they got a promotion and I didn't. So we want to stand the tests that come before us. And Apellus obviously did. Greet those who belong to the household of Astobulus. Greet, verse 11, greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus. Boy, that, I wouldn't like that name. Narcissist, you're such a narcissist. No, I can. Anyway, (laughs) greet those of the household of narcissists. It's not just about the person; it's about the whole house. You know, my children are older, married, and and out of my house. But when they were in the house, it was well. Greet Pat and Sheila and Stacy and Jennifer. You know, the, the whole house. And so we want to have households that love each other and households that help each other and households that are thankful for each other. Verse 12. Greet Trypheno and Tryphassa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. You know, I'm so glad that our church is not a men's club. I'm so glad that our church is not a a church that um, does not recognize the anointing and the power upon women. There are churches that don't. We understand there's different functions and we all do different things different. I, I understand all that. And that's good and that's God designed and that's that's great. But I am so glad that we are a church that recognizes the contribution, the amazing contribution, and authority, and love, and kindness, and care that we can all experience from each other, from the women of this church. I'm very grateful for you ladies. Thank you so much for your contribution to the kingdom of God here at Freedom Fellowship. Guys, this is your opportunity. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to work with my men, sorry about that ladies, we'll get better at it. You know, guys are very simple, they only need a few things, but they do occasionally need a little bit of leadership on saying, you know, just jab them, now's the time to applaud, you know, or just help us out, you know, we're, we're, we're a pretty simple group of people. Verse 13, Greet Rufus, chosen of the Lord. I'm just going to stop there for a second. Some of the people that are sitting next to you are on assignment from the Lord to work with you and you becoming who you're supposed to become. And you contributing in this world that you're contributing. Working alongside you in this church, on your team within this church. They were assigned by the Lord. You think that they just happened randomly to be on your team, whatever team you're on here at Freedom. No. I believe that many people who, maybe they were asked to be on a team, but they were assigned by the Lord. I think there's a lot of things that happen in this church by God's assignment that we don't even think about. We think it happened randomly. just happened randomly. But I believe God has assignments. And he lets a lot of y'all work next to each other for his glory, for his purposes. And so they, this Ruf, uh, Rufus was chosen of the Lord. And his mother has been a mother to me. I, I want to really acknowledge the ladies here who have been spiritual mothers to other ladies. It, it, it's and, you, and being a mother to another lady is not a matter of necessarily age. It's a matter of heart and care and action. And so it's a matter of us hearing from the Lord for one another and investing. Not just in your natural family, but in the other people you have a chance to. And in this particular case, Paul's saying... That Rufus' mother was a mother to him. She, she did some of the things for Paul that a mother would do. She cared when he had a bad day. She loved when nobody else was, when he just got abandoned by some of his closest friends. These are, thi- these are attributes that a mother does. And she did that for Paul. And she therefore deserves a part of the crown that he's going to get blessed with at some other time. Now for you men, I would say the same thing. Being a father to somebody is not just a matter of your individual natural families. It starts there, it's important, bloodline is key. But I want to say that God made you to additionally put into other people. And again, I would say it's not a function exclusively of age. It's a function of care. It's a function of I'm doing, I, I am hearing from the Lord and I'm just going to speak what I hear. Um, best I can hear from God. Now, none of this is, I mean, you heard earlier in um, the time what I believe I heard from God in my interaction with him. And I just wrote it down. I believe that was from the Lord. But I'm a man. I can be flawed that's okay. He knows who I am, and he knows who I'm not. So for some of you guys who would say, hey, I don't have it all together. I, I don't know if I really can be a father to other people. I mean, I, I mean, look at my life. After all, did you see that sin that I just did again? Yeah, and so did God, and so did, and he forgave you for that. But a, a father is one who steps up whether he feels like it or not. And so sometimes we have to step up in life, fathers and mothers, whether we feel like it or not. So, in my mind, a teenager can spiritually father somebody who might be a little younger than them because they're just listening for God and they're, doing what they're, they're relaying what they hear. You can, you can help out. You can do that. Verse 14. Greet Eccentricus, Philigon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Who would like to take a go at that? <laughs> so, I mean, there are people all over the place that meant something to Paul. And he just lists his long laundry lists. And hey, I don't want to forget this. I mean, greet these people. To me, a lot of chapter 16 of Romans is about us really realizing life is not about me. It's about others. It's about the people that God enables me to work alongside. It's about, if freedom moves ahead, it won't be because of me. It'll be because of you. It'll be because of us We're all together. We're working together. And I believe, like, Pastor Adam said, I believe that this next year is going to be incredible at freedom. I really believe that. I sense that. I see it. I see it in the spirit. But that happens when we all join our hearts and are willing to put our activity where we say our hearts are and we serve the Lord. In your own Businesses in your own place of work, in your own schools, in your own neighborhoods, in your own acquaintances. Because don't you know most of church happens outside these walls? We get the, the fun of being together for a little bit in these walls on Sunday and Sunday night, tonight. Uh, we, get, we get that privilege. But most of Christian living happens outside these walls. Verse 16, Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. Sheila and I will now demonstrate the holy kiss. She loves public display of affection. She just absolutely loves it. You know, there's seven groups of people that I see in Romans 16 that Paul was thankful for. And I just want to encourage these same seven groups for you to stop and think freshly about how to be thankful for them. One is thank those that lead and invest in you. Is that? Do I mean the church? Sure, but I'm not talking about just the church. What about at work? What about at school? What about with other friendships? They lead and invest with you. I would encourage you to thank them. Number two, thank those who work alongside you. There are people on your teams here at church or elsewhere that you co-labor with, that you work alongside. Thank them. Thank them. Number three, thank those who are hospitable to you and to yours. Maybe it's a neighbor who takes care of your kids when you're away. Be thankful. Tell them. Let them know it. There are people that open their home up and I thank you for opening your home up, that we can meet together at your home. That's a privilege. Thank you for doing that. Number four, bless those who are beginning to make a stand for Christ. There are new people all around us. They're either new to this church or they're new to Christ. Bless them, encourage them, help them. It's hard enough. The enemy of life does not want them to move forward in Christ. And we are part of God's plan of enablement for them to move forward. Number five, thank those who have made a sacrifice in serving God. There are people that have sacrificed. They've foregone some things in order to serve the Lord. You know, thank them. You know, I think about uh, Alejandro and Rebecca Arias, that he's trotting around the world. Thank you. That's not easy to do. Dr. Ray Self and Christy, they're they're around the nation pastoring pastors. Thank them. You know, there are people that are sacrificially giving. Number six, thank those who have been faithful to you and to the Lord. There's just something about faithfulness. Thank you, baby, for 44 years you've tolerated me. (laughs) You know. And the last one, thank the families and the parents of those in your lives. You know, he talked about thanking the households uh, of different people in Romans 16. There are families and parents around you that have made investments in you or your children or your grandchildren. And I just encourage you, thank them. Thank them. You know, for some of you, um, as you consider this Thursday, this Thanksgiving, um, it's not easy. To some of you, there have been some real family hurts, disappointments, unresolved issues, or some type of pain that somebody in that family has caused you. And this will be your opportunity to display Jesus to them you see Jesus loved people and he died for their sins and these are the people that abused him and spit on him and flogged him and put a spear in his side and sentenced him to death and he died for those people who hurt him he understands your pain this Thanksgiving this awkward day when you get together because of a situation that's unresolved in your household. Jesus understands that pain and hurt. And you could say, well, you know, Pat, he was God. He, he can handle that. Yeah, but let me remind you that while here on this earth bodily, he was fully man also. It hurt. It hurt when people betrayed him. And so you may be the way that that family member may experience undeserved love. You may be God's vehicle of mercy when they don't deserve mercy. You may be God's vehicle of understanding what kindness looks like when they haven't been kind to you. You may be God's vehicle. And I've had many times when I've been God's vehicle and I didn't want to be God's vehicle. And I just want to encourage you, you have the privilege of Almighty God to help somebody through pain that maybe they caused. And you get to be Jesus to them. You get to be the only Bible they may open and read. Will you do that? So Thanksgiving presents every one of us an opportunity here today. We can have that new day that I read about in my journal earlier. We can have a new start. We don't have to wait for a new year beginning. We can have this Thanksgiving be a fresh start. It can be that golden opportunity for you to express thankfulness. And and I tell you what there's something that happens certainly in my heart when people thank me it, it, there's i run fast i run hard in a lot of different venues and so do you and when somebody stops and thanks you it's like putting fuel in your gas tank it, it makes a difference So I would encourage you to be thankful. We're going to do something that I don't think we've ever done at Freedom um, as far as how we're going to end this uh, time. We're going to bring you up one by one to preach. Connie, you're first. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't run. Um, uh, I'm going to just, after I pray here in a second, I really want to pray for you um, because I know some of the things that you may encounter this Thursday might not be easy. But what I'd like us to do after I pray is I'm just going to ask you to kind of stand up where you are, not go to family or friends initially, but go to somebody else and just express some thankfulness for something, anything that the Lord brings to your mind and tell somebody Thank you. I appreciate you being here. It means something when I just see you here on Sunday. Your faithfulness means something to me. Or maybe you would say, thank you for serving in the nursery team. I appreciate you taking care of my kids. Or maybe you would say, thank you for that time that you don't know it, but when you just were kind to me that day, I had a major problem at work, and it made a difference in my heart. Whatever comes to your mind, it doesn't matter, But let the Lord lead you on that. And I would encourage you. We're going to take about 10 to 15 minutes. And just walk around the room and tell each other thank you. And then you'll be dismissed after that. So um, let's pray. Father, being thankful should not be awkward to us. It should be our privilege because of what you have done for us. I cannot say thank you enough, Lord Jesus that you would save somebody like me. I cannot say thank you enough that you would allow us to gather as a church family here and laugh and joke and be there for one another. God, thank you. I cannot say thank you enough, O Holy Spirit, for filling us with your presence that we might know the things of the Lord Jesus at any given instant. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, for your great plan of salvation. I thank you, Father, for your great joy that you've given us to walk in connection with one another. I thank you, Lord, for your greatness that we can turn to you because you know no boundaries. And you hold the answers before we speak the question. And so, God, I thank you that you are that and more. And so we reference you and we honor you and we humbly come before you and we say thank you for what you've done. For humanity, for us. We say, say thank you, Lord, for the opportunity of having new life. You didn't have to be a good God, but you are a good God. As God, you could do whatever you wanted. This is your world. You're, you made it. You sustain it. But you are good and kind and loving. And we get to emulate you. So, Father, we bless you from the depths of our heart. I ask, O oh God, that you will speak, O oh Holy Spirit, through each person as they say thank you to one another in this room. for we're great, Because we're grateful for you, Lord, we're grateful for each other. And so we thank you and we honor you in the name of all names, O Father. We honor you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, like, get up. Talk to one another. Have a great Thanksgiving. Look forward to uh, next week.